door. <laughs> that fell off. That. Good morning and welcome to the Rules Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors for today, Monday, January 30th, 2023. I am for this last meeting, the chair of the committee, Aaron Peskin, joined to my right by Vice Chair Supervisor Raphael Mandelman and to my left by committee member Supervisor Connie Chan. Our clerk is Mr. Victor Young and it has been a pleasure working with uh, you two colleagues and Clerk Young over the last couple of years as chair of the Rules Committee. Thank you all for your service and your work. Our uh, same goes for Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson. With that, Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Yes, the Board of Supervisors and its committees are now convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment, while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The Board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will take public comment as follow. First, public comment will be taken on each item on the agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first, and then we will take those waiting on the telephone line. For those watching either channel 26, 28, 78, or 99 and sfgovtv.org, the public comment call-in number is streaming across the screen. The number is 415-655-0001. Then enter the meeting ID of 2481-931-8934. Then press pound and pound again. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up uh, and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up to speak, and those on the telephone line to dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you're on the telephone, please remember to turn down your television and listening devices you may be using. As already indicated, you'll be, we will take public comment from those attending in person first, and then we will go to our public comment telephone line. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to myself, the Rules Committee Clerk, at victor.young at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the official file. You may also send your comment via U.S. mail to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton Beagle Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. Thank you, Mr. Young. And while <clears throat> our deputy city attorney is reviewing the latest version of the military equipment policy, why don't we call items three through six together out of order? Item number three is a motion appointing Supervisor Joel Ingardio, term ending January 31st, 2025, to the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District Board of Directors. Item number four is a motion appointing Supervisor Joel Ingardio, term ending December 1st, 2023, as an alternate to the California State Association of Counties. Item number five is a motion appointing Supervisor Hillary Ronan, term ending June 30th, 2023, as an alternate member to the Association of Bay Area Government. Executive Board, item number six is a motion appointing Supervisor Dean Preston, term ending February 4, 2026, to the Local Agency Formation Commission. Item number seven is a motion appointing Supervisor Connie Chan, term ending February 4, 2026, as an alternate to the San Francisco Local Agency Formation Commission. Okay, I didn't call for seven, but that is okay, Mr. Young. 
is there any public comment on any of these appointments of members of the Board of Supervisors to these various bodies, the California State Association of Counties, the Association of Barrier Governments, the Local Agency Formation Commission, the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District? Anybody in chambers who would like to comment on these? Seeing none, is there any remote public comment on items three through seven? Yes, members of the public, who are on the telephone line, um, listening remotely, can call us at 415-655-0001, enter the meeting ID of 2481-931-8934, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you can press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue the wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted, and that will be your cue to begin your comments. Uh, we have one caller on the line. First speaker, please. Uh, good morning, David Pilpel. Uh, just uh, two uh, comments here on item three. I, <clears throat> not clear to me why this would be a committee report. The next meeting of the Bridge District Board isn't until the end of uh, February, so I didn't see the uh, urgency for this to go as a committee report for tomorrow. And I'm not sure if Supervisor Chan can participate in item seven. Um, other than that, I have no objection to the uh, proposed appointments and um, possibly reappointments. Thanks. Public comment is closed, and it is not lost on this supervisor as to item 7, which is why I did not originally call it, but we will not vote on it with Supervisor Chan present. Uh, with that, I will make a couple of housekeeping amendments uh, on item number 3. We need to conform the <coughs> excuse me, title with uh, language within the motion. And so I will move to amend at line nine the date 2023 to 2025. On that motion, Mr. Clerk, a roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, <coughs> Supervisor Chen. Aye. Chen, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. Excellent. And then on item number five, I will make a motion to remove the words in the long title at line three as an alternate to replace it with the letter A, so a member. And then at line nine to turn seat three into seat two and strike the word alternate so that it is clear that Supervisor Ronan is being appointed to seat two, which is not an alternate seat, but a permanent seat, which is what she intended. And I am informed by council that that is not a substantive change on that motion. A roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Chan. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. Okay. And then I want to thank the Clerk of the Board of Supervisors for uh, putting out the survey of supervisors to serve on these outside board and commissions and for 
the individual members who have applied, filling a number of long-term vacancies. So I really want to thank Supervisor Engardio for stepping up uh, to join Supervisor Mandelman um, in a number of outside bodies, particularly ABAG and the Association of Counties, as well as Supervisor Ronin. And with those amendments, can we take items three through six together and send them with recommendation as committee reports, as amended in the cases of items three and five. On that multifaceted motion, Mr. Clerk, a roll call, please. Uh, one moment, yes, uh, if you don't mind, I've been getting... Um, I, 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 sorry, my apologies. No worries. Um, there were indications that uh, Supervisor Ronan was going to step down in favor of Supervisor Melgar. I don't know if you've heard anything regarding that. I have not heard one word of that, and I have no emails to that effect, and I know nothing of it. I have had my staff meeting this morning. I am up to date on my emails as of 9.58 this morning, and this is news to me. And if they would like to do that, they can make that suggestion at the full board tomorrow, and we can send it back to committee if that is the case. Yes, my apologies, I was just trying to... Uh, I have not heard one word of that until this moment, and the show is going on. Okay, I believe uh, item number three will be recommended as amended as a committee report. Item number four will be recommended as a committee report. Item number five will be recommended as amended as a committee report, and item number six will be recommended as a committee report. On those motions, Supervisor Chen. Can I? Um, uh, my apologies, uh, I'd like to delay the vote while there's discussion going on. Hold on one minute. Okay. Uh, we will recess for two minutes. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
We will reconvene the Rules Committee for today, January 30th, 2023. Uh, and let me start by rescinding my motion that we were just about to vote on. And uh, I would like to offer an amendment to item five already amended once to replace, your rumor was true, Mr. Young, uh, Supervisor Hillary Ronan with Supervisor Myrna Melgar for seat number two to the Association of Bay Area Governments. Uh, why don't, and then I, once we vote on, actually I'll just do it as the same motion. I would like to make that motion and continue item number five to the next meeting of the Rules Committee, which will be chaired by Supervisor Dorsey. On that motion to substitute Supervisor Myrna Melgar for Supervisor Hillary Ronan for the appointment to ABAG, item number five, a roll call, please. And is this uh, also a vote for the other item? This is only an amendment to item number five and continuing that item to this committee's uh, next yes, meeting. Yes, on item number five, uh, to amend and continue to the next meeting of the Rules Committee. On that motion, Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. Okay, now I will make a motion to send item three as amended as a committee report, item four as a committee report, item six as a committee report with recommendation for tomorrow's Board of Supervisors meeting on that motion, a roll call, please. Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. And while item seven has already been called, we will go to that later on this morning's agenda. Mr. Clerk, this should be quick. Lieutenant and counsel from the Sheriff's Department, uh, could you please read item number two? Yes, item number two is an ordinance amending the administrative code to establish a city policy against seeking preemptive resignation letters from persons seeking or being considered for appointment or reappointment to city boards and commissions and other city bodies. Thank you. Mr. Young, this ordinance uh, is sponsored chiefly by Supervisor Preston and co-sponsored by a number of other supervisors, including myself. And with that, Supervisor Preston, the floor is yours. Thank you so much, Chair Peskin uh, and uh, Vice Chair Mandelman, Supervisor Cham, for hearing this item today. Uh, thank you, Chair Peskin for your co-sponsorship uh, of this. Um, and uh, we do not have a formal presentation on the item, but I do have some remarks. Um, colleagues, I introduced this ordinance in response to last year's revelation that the mayor was requesting undated resignation letters from a number of appointed commissioners at her sole discretion. Uh, Police Commissioner Max Carter-Oberstone blew the whistle on this practice, and thanks to him, the letters that were collected uh, by the mayor's office were deemed unenforceable. 
When this came to light, I believed that the practice was problematic on various levels, including some that were later highlighted by the city attorney's office in the public memo that was issued in this matter. Uh, first, requiring a commissioner to sign an undated letter that can be filed at any time um, places appointed commissioners at risk of undue influence by their appointing authority. And regardless of what the mayor and her representatives have said regarding uh, their plans to use these letters, uh, there is no reason we should be leaving the decision whether to use an appointee's undated resignation letter up to the whims of any appointing authority. Um, second, for the police commission and others, this practice contradicted and circumvented the city charter, um, which states uh, specifically that the Board of Supervisors must approve uh, the removal of any uh, police commissioners, even police commissioners who are appointed by the mayor. Um, and finally, and this is not uh, spelled out in the city attorney's memo, but I, I found the practice also really problematic because it undermines the purposes of many of our commissions. Um, commissioners and other appointees should feel empowered to provide meaningful oversight and guidance to our departments. Um, otherwise, what is the point? Um, so in order to address some of these issues, um, the, le the legislation before you will set forth as city policy explicitly that an appointing authority may not ask or require a person seeking appointment to a commission or other city body to prepare or submit a letter of resignation prior to or as a condition of their appointment. It also clarifies that the decision whether to resign from a committee or city body rests with the appointee even if their appointing authority uh, requests their resignation. My um, hopes that the ordinance will help avoid situations like the one uh, that we saw unfold last September um, and, and really prevent this from coming up in the future. Um, and that it will stop any appointing authority from requesting preemptive or undated resignation letters from their uh, commissioners in an attempt to exert control over them. Um, as I wrap up on this, I, I would be remiss not to recognize um, that the circumstances giving rise to this legislation um, were related to the extremely important changes that were um, being considered to ban bias pretext stops, something that the police commission passed just a few weeks ago. Um, and this comes, you know, in just last week, as you all know, the Memphis Police Department released a video of several police officers beating a black man to death after making a pretext stop. So it is so important that we ban pretext stops here in San Francisco. Um, and the police commission and Commissioner Carter Overstone's work to enact this policy of banning pretext stops here in San Francisco in spite of the political pressure he was facing um, really exemplifies why it's so crucial to make sure that commissioners and appointees can use their independent judgment as they work with uh, community, with stakeholders, with city departments, and, and elected officials to, to craft uh, nuanced but transformational policies. So with that, uh, happy to answer any questions you may have. I know um, our city attorney is also here if there are any legal questions on it. I do want to thank uh, Deputy City Attorney Ann Pearson and uh, 
and uh, Deputy City Attorney Manu Pradhan for their work in uh, putting this ordinance together. Uh, thank my co-sponsors, as mentioned, uh, uh, President Peskin and also Supervisors Walton and Ronan, uh, and also want to recognize and thank my legislative aide, Melissa Hernandez, for all her work on this. Thank you, Chair Peskin. Thank you, Supervisor Preston. Our Supervisor Mandelman. Thank you, uh, Chair Peskin. Um, I, as is sometimes the case on this body, I think have a slightly different view um, and uh, will not be supporting uh, the ordinance today. I, I question whether it's necessary in that um, the, uh, the letters that were requested appear to um, have been ineffective um, and appear to have been uh, a protection that the that six several uh, mayoral administrations have sought and uh, apparently in error about um, whether these letters meant anything at all, and I guess my takeaway from the whole saga is a little bit different um, from some on this body. I am not terribly offended that the mayor's office and the and this mayor and I think other mayors have sought some way of ensuring a mechanism to remove um, to more easily remove appointees who were not doing what the executive wanted those um, those appointees doing particularly on commissions where the mayor may have a narrow majority and I think there are commissions and there are commissions there are commissions that have quasi-adjudicative functions. Um, there are commissions that have disciplinary functions. There are commissions that have policy-making and hiring and fire, firing functions. And, um, and I think my feeling about what the mayor's authority to, uh, to try and pull out one of her appointees depends on what the different functions of the commission are. In the police department case, um, in the police commission case, Public safety right now is, uh, I think, if not the issue of preeminent concern to San Franciscans, one of the issues of preeminent concern. They look to the <coughs> mayor to, uh, to set policy and run her police department in a way that um, both advances uh, criminal justice reform and keeps San Franciscans safe. And yet, because of the um, way that our charter works, she no longer appears to be aligned with the majority of the commission overseeing a department that she technically, or in some version of an org chart, is above. I think that's challenging, and I think um, when I think about the problem San Francisco is facing right now, I'm not seeing an excess of executive mayoral authority. In fact, I see a government that seems incredibly um, disunified, run through a number of commissions that, uh, you know, seem to be quite independent. Um, it took uh, Chair Peskin a whole lot of work and effort to rein in one commission that actually probably ought to be mostly independent, is generally not setting policy, generally should be insulated from us unless and until they're doing things that are absolutely insane. Um, so I just, I thought this was a, an interesting issue, a complicated one, and I was not deeply offended by what the mayor the mayor's office was trying to do, even though it was ineffective. So I don't feel the need to vote for this ordinance and, and won't be today. Thank you for sharing that view, Supervisor Mandelman. And it is a, a thorny 
concept within, and I'm not speaking specifically about resignations, but just within the larger context of the diffuse governmental structures that we have with an executive branch and a legislative branch and devolved uh, power and authority to a number of commissions. Having said that, um, and this comes uh, from my view uh, and experience with a breadth of different commissions, both within the city and outside the city, the notion of the exercise, particularly in quasi-judicial bodies of independence, I think is paramount. And I was chagrined a number of years ago uh, as a member of the California State Coastal Commission uh, when I found out that one of my colleagues was having trouble in the face of vast political pressure over what was to my mind and ultimately ended up being a majority of the commissioners' minds, a fair and just application of the California Coastal Act as it related to a particular project. And this individual confided in me that the reason this commissioner was having trouble, uh, com completely agreed that I was right on the issue, uh, was because she had signed such a resignation letter, which I found to be profoundly troubling. She ultimately did cast her vote for the right thing and ultimately was not fired or this undated resignation letter was not used against her. It was a very high profile uh, project on California's coast, uh, which you know, was going to, I think, harm the interest of Californians. Um, and I have seen the same thing uh, on San Francisco's Planning Commission, which is what led to the passage of Proposition D in 2003, when uh, then Mayor Brown would tell his commissioners how to vote on particular items, and the public who was coming in there for fair, impartial hearings on the application of the law were getting screwed and it led to a distrust in San Francisco's government and that is why we created uh, the charter provisions that the voters overwhelmingly voted for in the face of a huge wave of money that allowed those commissioners to actually vote their conscience pursuant to the law and I would endeavor to say that uh, the trust and confidence in the Planning Commission has increased greatly since those days. So for all of those reasons, and I understand Supervisor Mandelman's kind of larger uh, concerns about the role of the executive that people vote for, um, I am a proud co-sponsor of item number two, and I will not belabor it, and why don't we open pub, uh, public comment on this. Oops, sorry, Victor. Uh, oh, Supervisor Preston, you want to say something? You don't have to. Okay. Uh, why don't we open up public comment on item number two and get back to AB 481. Yes. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item and are joining us in person should line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, please call 415-655-0001. Enter the meeting ID of 2481-931-8934. Then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue to wait until the system indicates you're, you've been unmuted 
And that'll be your cue to begin your comment. We have one person in the room for public comment at this time. Please come forward. Good morning, members of the Board of Supervisors. Um, thank you so much for the time for public comment on this. Um, my name is Michael Rupe. I'm a District 9 resident. Uh, a few <laughs> months ago, I launched an anti-corruption caucus in the Harvey Milk LGBTQ Democratic Club, and I am proud of that mission. Um, everything that you just said, um, President Peskin, thank you very much um, for your comments. That is the reason I am here to support item two and its passage. But thank you all for the time to listen to me. Have a good morning. Thank you. Are there any remote public speakers for this item? Uh, yes, we currently have four persons in the line for uh, remote public comment. Can we have our first caller? Great, thank you. Good morning, Chair and Committee members. Wesley Saver, Senior Policy Manager for Glide. The organization is in strong support of this ordinance. Seeking preemptive resignations from appointees to city commissions or other bodies creates obvious limitations on those individuals' ability to make decisions free from interference. And people who are seeking appointment or reappointment should not be forced to give their appointing authority collateral like a resignation letter in order to be appointed. City commissions and boards are meant to provide critical oversight duties and take community input into consideration. Appointed individuals having preemptive resignation letters hanging over their heads can prevent independent decision-making based on data, factual evidence, and public concern, and instead lead appointees to bend to the will of their appointing authorities, or at the very least, face extreme pressure to do so. And that dynamic undermines the function of commissions and other city bodies to fulfill their duties and responsibilities. Dismissing this is putting your head in the sand. And Port Commissioner John Burton, former chair of the California Democratic Party, called it, quote, horseshit. The pressure of resignation can also constrain commissioners and other appointees from even meeting with concerned members of the public, which erodes trust in city government. We recently witnessed this all play out with mayoral appointees to the police commission, notably through the mayor's unsuccessful attempts to derail the DGO 9.07 review process by leveraging this untoward influence. And we saw it in uh, attempt to derail uh, what Commissioner Carter Oberstone was working on, and we saw it play out with the other mayoral appointees who refused to meet with committee members, uh, community members, and also were really positing uh, uh, some very misleading uh, statements about the DGO and uh, trying to derail and undermine that process. So our community deserves a city structure in which it can trust that appointees are making decisions based on evidence and feedback as opposed to pressure and threats. So we respectfully request a yes vote on this ordinance. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Good morning. This is Tab Buckner, and I also strongly support this ordinance. Um, undated resignation letters is completely contrary to accountability, both for the appointer and the appointed. Um, our commissioners and board members are to be autonomous and to interpret and to oversee city guidelines that nobody else should be interfering with, regardless of political leaning. So please, pass this ordinance. This is going back to basic ethics of government. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller, please? 
good morning, Supervisors. My name is Brent Turner. I'm speaking today representing the public on behalf of the Harvey Milk LGBTQ Clubs Anti-Corruption Caucus. We want to express full support of Supervisor Preston uh, regarding this matter. The events revealed over the past few months regarding Mayor Breed's uh, forcing predated resignation letters upon commission appointees is yet another case of corrupting forces controlling the San Francisco County government. Uh, the equation of the overly clever mayor, the very clever city attorney, and a now all-powerful board president working in tandem uh, to circumvent the county charter as well as the public interest has left the public exasperated here. We need this legislation to shore up the holes exploited by the political players that would use these preemptive resignation letters as part of a game to to control appointees. To note the severity of the problem, even then, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's Chief of Staff, Dan Bernal, was not immune from the power and intimidation of the current mayor. There were 20 or more victims of these tactics, as well as the public. As we noted, surrounding the Elections Commission being blocked from replacing longtime Director Arntz and a recent stacking of that commission by Supervisor Peskin working in tandem with Mayor Breed, the public again decries these tactics and hopes for better days. We are better than this. We can do better than this. The public rejects the sentiment that others have also done this dirty deed, so therefore it is acceptable. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Hey there, uh, this is Chris Arvin. I just wanted to call into my two cents in as someone who has been appointed to a city commission uh, and say that this uh, ordinance <laughs> is absolutely necessary. Uh, it's just a, a basic matter of uh, ethics and how our city works. Uh, you know, I think the point of appointing people to commissions is that they have uh, some expertise or experience that is useful on the commission, not for them to be, you know, essentially proxies of the elected official who appointed them. Um, and so there, there should be some independence there. And, you know, like the example of the police department that was brought up, it's like, uh, in addition to the mayor getting to appoint police commissioner, she also gets to appoint the police chief. And so to have that um, and have these commissioners with this like threat of resignation at any moment hanging over them. That's, that's not a balanced system of government. Um, and so I think this ordinance is absolutely necessary um, and would just uh, like two brothers to support that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Uh, good morning, uh, Alan Burradell calling, and I'm calling to support the comments of my supervisor, Supervisor Mandelman. Um, to hear uh, Supervisor Preston talk about how uh, this will help guard against undue influence on commissions, uh, it seems absurd to the public. Uh, we just watched this board uh, five months before uh, Cindy Elias, her uh, appointment was uh, expired, we watched this board shove her through. And so we, we think that uh, undue influence is, ha this is a bad thing, we need to avoid it, but we think you need to look inward, not outward, uh, when you're trying to correct this. So that's my comments today. Thank you, supervisors. Thank you. Can we have our next caller?
Hi, my name is Edward Hernandez. I'm a D11 resident. I lived and work in uh, San Francisco for the last 10 years and am an organizer in the Tech Workers Coalition. It's sad to hear that a member of the board believes this was a positive mechanism for controlling people appointed to commissions and have the exact opposite view when it comes to policing. It's not the mayor's police department. If it is, she's responsible for every time SFPD has killed someone, whether it's a mental health crisis or when responding to an incident where the victim and the person attacking the victim are both killed because SFPD failed to de-escalate the situation. Let's be clear, SFPD is not a model of reform. We need leaders who are not foolish enough to say they don't want to appear anti-police, but those who are willing to be anti-police terror, anti-police violence, and create public safety for all. This ordinance is absolutely necessary, and I support accountability free from mayoral influence. Thank you. Thank you. Can we have our next caller? Great, David Pilpel again. Um, so I actually think this is a good approach uh, to codify this in law. Um, I. The way I read it, this does not cover bodies created by resolution. There may still be a few um, bodies that advise the Board of Supervisors that were created by resolution. I don't think we're doing that anymore, nor does it cover passive meeting bodies um, as defined in the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, I would suggest that you consider duplicating the file um, and amend it in the future to um, make explicit that other appointed members as defined in this legislation that are appointed by the Board of Supervisors shall submit such resignation letters to the clerk of the board so that it's abundantly clear that that's where such resignation letters should be directed. And finally, um, I would encourage you to ask the city attorney or yourselves uh, to reconcile this with section 1.57 of the admin code, the online database of appointments to advisory bodies. It is important to keep that database updated so any resignation letter should be promptly, uh, should promptly trigger an update to that uh, database so that that vacancy can be known um, along with the MADI Act and any other vacancy posting and timing requirements. Um, so there's kind of a small but important area of law related to appointments, resignations, vacancies um, for various uh, bodies, not just boards and commissions, but also advisory bodies, uh, and just wanted to suggest that all of that be um, harmonized. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. That was our last uh, remote public caller. Public comment is closed, and if any final comments, Supervisor Preston? Thank you, Chair Peskin. And uh, yes, I, I want to thank everyone who called in. Um, I, I will say that I, I thought we had really uh, come together to, uh, to in, in agreement that the underlying practice here was problematic. I, I, I think even the mayor's office representatives, when they came before uh, the GAO committee on these practices, uh, vowed not to continue them. I think the city attorney's memo uh, that I that I referenced earlier uh, made clear, I, and so I, I will say I'm, I'm disappointed to hear um, any defense of uh, this practice. I mean, I think this is the kind of backroom um, 
approaches and, and potential manipulation of commissioners that really stands in the way of change and leads uh, people to lose faith in government. Um, I do want to note that you know this is today the first time I'm hearing and my office has heard any concerns from any colleagues um, about this ordinance. Again, I thought this was something that we had really come together and decided uh, it, it would uh, be, be good to be moving forward with more clarity and make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, on the issue um, around the, the mayor's power, I just want to be clear and don't want anyone to walk away from this hearing thinking the mayor lacks the power to remove a commissioner. I, you know, it's, the, the mayor has the power to remove someone she appoints. She just has to actually follow the charter and go through the process uh, that is set forth and follow the law. Um, and that depends on the type of commission and the type of appointment as to what the rules are. Uh, what we don't get to do is just circumvent all those rules, whether that's the board president uh, or, the, or the mayor or whoever the appointing authorities. You don't get to just ignore all those rules, require an undated uh, resignation letter that sits on your desk that you can file uh, whenever a commissioner does something uh, that you don't approve of. The other thing is this ordinance does not bar an appointing authority from asking for a resignation. So to the extent that uh, the mayor or, or, or whoever the appointing authority is, is displeased with the conduct of uh, an appointed commissioner, uh, they are free, and, and it's explicit in the ordinance, they are still free uh, to ask for a resignation. Again, what they can't do is require an undated resignation letter to hold on to and hang over the head of uh, commissioners who are supposed to be uh, engaged in uh, independent exercise of their judgment. So um, I, I we'll just close by saying that if people believe there's a problem with the removal procedures, something that needs to be addressed through charter amendment or otherwise, that, you know, that's a conversation that we can always have, bring for, forward a proposal. But we can't have a situation where any appointing authority, the mayor, this mayor, a future mayor, this, you know, board, of, uh, board president, future board presidents, um, come up with these kind of ways to circumvent the system of removal that's laid out pretty clearly in the charter. Uh, I urge your support. Thank you very much. Thank you. And with uh, that, why don't we have a roll call on a motion to send item two to the full board with a positive recommendation. Mr. Young, please call the roll. Yes, on that motion. Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Manelman. No. Manelman, no. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, I. The motion passes with Supervisor Manelman dissenting in committee. Could you please read item number one? Yes, item number one is an ordinance amending the administrative code to require Board of Supervisors approval of a policy governing the funding acquisition and use of certain law enforcement equipment of the Sheriff's Department's consistent with the criteria set forth in state law and approving the Sheriff's Department's use of equipment policy. Thank you, Mr. Young. My apologies to the Sheriff's Department. Were it not for that little procedural hiccup right before the meeting started, I would have taken you in the order that you were on the agenda as item number one, but thank you for your patience. Moreover, and more importantly, thank you to Sheriff Miyamoto and his staff and council uh, for what I think has been a uh, 
really model process around uh, our implementation of Assembly Bill 481, which this committee well knows uh, was uh, quite lengthy, labyrinth, and difficult in the case of the previous AB 481 policy uh, that the police department brought that uh, ended up with national headlines and not only a half a dozen different hearings in this committee, but uh, several appearances at the Board of Supervisors. That has not marked the uh, case with the Sheriff's Department um, that uh, with very little work on mine and my staff's part, and I do want to thank and acknowledge my staff, Calvin Yan, for his work on this, um, was a model insofar as the Sheriff's Department worked directly and collaboratively with the American Friends Service Committee and did so and listened, and there was a back and forth, uh, which has resulted in the updated equipment list policies that are before us this morning that were amended as early as 5.50 a.m. today. Um, and uh, while I will not speak on behalf of Jennifer too, uh, I am in receipt of emails from her that I think share the sentiment that uh, Ronnie Singh at the Sheriff's Office uh, and Lieutenant Coons have really listened and adjusted accordingly um, having said that, uh, I don't think that there is total unanimity, but I think we have gotten close enough, and I will repeat the words that we uttered as it relates to the police department's military uh, equipment policies, uh, which is that this is the baseline first time out. Uh, these policies will come back to this Board of Supervisors as required under state law each and every year. Uh, so there are opportunities to do that. And now I will drill down into really what I think is the only remaining issue having to do with uh, a half a dozen or so unused submachine guns uh, that the Heckler submachine guns, the MP5 policy that are in the possession of the department uh, and in conversations with the sheriff's office, uh, I think, um, insofar as they have not been used and, to my knowledge, are not operable. I just want to say, and the Sheriff's Department can put it in their own words if they so desire, uh, that um, come next year, uh, actually, I'm going to make a slight amendment, come the end of this calendar year, because I want to line up, as I said, and Sheriff Miyamoto was fine with this, the Police Department and Sheriff's Department policies, so they come to this committee and the full board of supervisors at the same time and not over a period of time, uh, that uh, you will come forward with additional training um, and protocols should you unmothball uh, that weaponry. Um, with that, colleagues, I have circulated a few amendments that I spoke to to the actual ordinance itself. Uh, one was to uh, just bring the recitals on page two uh, up to date because a lot of things have happened since this was first introduced. Uh, so those primarily strikeouts uh, are on page two from lines five to 15. And then there is the insertion of the fact that on December 13th, 
the Board of Supervisors adopted uh, the police department's equipment policy. And then based on that date uh, and our desire to line up the annual reporting, uh, rather than it being a year from when the board approves this policy uh, next week or thereafter, that they, uh, the annual report be at the Board of Supervisors every year by December 13th. And then we also publicly discussed and uh, Sheriff Miyamoto um, was supportive of the notion that uh, the public um, meeting be held uh, before the Sheriff's oversight body and that amendment is on page four. All of those amendments are not substantive and for the purpose, uh, should this committee see fit, of uh, sending this to the full board, Mr. Clerk, it would include the policy uh, that was submitted this morning, which has one deletion as it relates to chemical launchers um, and otherwise is the same as what has been on the department's website and is a part of our committee package. With that, uh, it is my pleasure to again thank and publicly acknowledge the Sheriff's Department for their collaborative uh, work. May you be a model to the Police Department next year. Um, and with that, Lieutenant, the floor, or Ronnie, who, uh, Counselor Singh, or Baumgartner, or whoever from, if you want to say anything, add, subtract, the floor is yours. And thank you, Sheriff Miyamoto. I just want to say thank you on behalf of the Sheriff's Office for um, this Rules Committee's patience, its collaboration. Um, Sheriff Miyamoto is obviously present today, but he is upstairs um, viewing by teams and is available if there are any other questions. But I think the presentation last week, as well as the ongoing commitment by our office to engage with all the supervisors, as well as you, Chair Peskin, and the public, um, highlights our um, sense of responsibility in this area of the work that we do. And I think that it is very important to um, continue that collaboration. And we do invite suggestions next year when we uh, blow off the dust of any equipment that we intend to potentially um, reinstate. And we're always open to any comment, not only from this board, but the full board as well as the public. Thank you. Are there any members of the public who would like to speak to this item number one? And thank you again for your patience. My apologies that this was not called at the beginning of our agenda as scheduled. First speaker, please. Uh, if you don't mind, if I can make my quick announcement. Oh, yes, sorry, Mr. Young. Yes, members of the public who wish to speak on this item and joining us in person should, can line up to speak at this time. For those listening remotely, you can call 415 -655 Enter the meeting ID of 2481-931-8934, then press pound and pound again. Once connected, you will need to press star three to enter the speaker line. For those already in the queue, please continue to wait until the system indicates you've been unmuted, and that'll be your cue to begin your comment. Uh, can we have our in-person uh, speaker? Thank you, good morning. My name's Arthur Koch. I live in San Francisco, district number nine. I'm a member of the San Francisco Friends Meeting, otherwise known as the Quakers, serving on the Peace and Social Concerns Committee. 
Uh, we believe that nonviolent confrontation of injustices and peaceful reconciliation are always superior to the use of force. Law enforcement and the military also apply nonviolent means before resorting to the use of force and firearms. Only if other means remain ineffective or without any promise of achieving the intended result. In this sense, we have much more in common than differences. I'm here to support you and work with you. So thank you to the Rules Committee and the Sheriff's Department for your collaboration with advocates on this policy and your commitment to improvement and transparency. As a Quaker committed to nonviolence and human rights, I'm concerned about how weapons may be authorized for the use in San Francisco jails and how, and how use in such confined space may impact people detained there. I'm interested in hearing about what kind of increased risk of injury there may be for people in San Francisco jail or if there's a risk of unnecessary force on innocent bystanders who may be detained there. I'm interested in seeing demographic information on deployments and other uses in the annual report, especially data around location of deployment and race of those present. I advocate for inclusion of private right of action, which means people in San Francisco are affected by violations and these policies can file a civil lawsuit. Finally, I'm advocating for decommissioning or at least putting real controls on the deployment of fully automa automatic assault weapons, both pistols and the submachine guns, as well as prohibition on aiming chemical agents launchers at people. Thank you for this work on this complicated issue. Uh, thank you. Uh, See you at the Board of Supervisors. Thank you. Why don't we go to remote public comment? Yes, can we have our first caller? Um, good morning. This is Regina Speed. I'm a resident of District 2. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, um, I'm very pleased uh, to be able to support this ordinance um, with all of the work that uh, members of the Rules Committee, the American Friends Service Committee, the Police Department, and the Sheriff's Department staff. I haven't seen today's early 5.50 a.m. draft, but the description uh, provided by Supervisor Peskin reassures me that, and particularly the Sheriff's Department has listened very well to the community uh, about the needs of the ordinance. Um, I sent an email with a resource that could be useful in the years coming from Other and Belonging Institute, which is uh, part of the Haas Institute at UC Berkeley. They compiled a compendium on policing issues that really are relevant to uh, AB 481 and its main purpose. So I recommend that to staff. Uh, my supervisor, Stephanie's staff, has already reached out to me and thanked me for that resource. So it appears to be relevant and useful. I, I want to particularly um, thank the Sheriff's Department for providing um, in their presentation uh, pictures of the objects that are the, the rifles and the equipment. That's going to be very helpful for the public. And I want to uh, recommend reading the letters I've sent, which contain uh, further comments about the annual report uh, process and the transparency and the need for the public's involvement in that. Um, 
I was pleased to hear about the amendments on that and the realignment or the fact that those two reports will be. Thank you. Speaker time has elapsed. Can we get our next caller, please? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. My name is John Lindsay Poland with the American Friends Service Committee. We recognize the extraordinary engagement of the Sheriff's Office with our organization in the development of the proposed military equipment policy. The result contains all the components required by AB 41 for a law enforcement agency proposal for consideration by a governing body. That said, the governing body has its own set of responsibilities under AB 41, including making its own findings that whatever is adopted will safeguard civil liberties and that there is no reasonable cost-effective alternative to the military equipment. President Peskin referenced the authorization for submachine guns, which are in addition to 90 assault rifles and uh, sniper rifles. These, there is very little restriction on the deployment of these submachine guns, and that is, continues to be of real concern to us. The department states that submachine guns was the primary weapon system for SWAT teams in the 80s and is currently phased out. The weapons aren't being maintained and no one in the department is currently authorized to deploy with it. So we propose to decommission the MP5 submachine gun. The department can always come back to the board if it wishes to phase the weapon back in. Short of decommissioning, we propose one, that it not be deployed in crowd situations. Two, that deployment should only respond to a threat to life or serious bodily injury. And three, that variables should be considered prior to deploying the MP5 that could deter, deter, deter its deployment, including the presence of elderly children, individuals with mental and physical disabilities, medically compromised people, and non-English speaking persons, as has been done with other types of military equipment in this policy. And finally, uh, we haven't seen the sentence that would be removed on chemical agent launchers, but we would like to ensure that it is a, that, that the launchers will not be aimed directly Speaker at time people. Speaker has elapsed. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, that was our last uh, remote public uh, call-in. Okay, public comment is closed, and I note the comments of the last speaker and one of the policy changes relative to the launchers was adopted uh, in part at least by the sheriff's department this morning um, and the uh, submachine gun issue i spoke to earlier and with that i would like to make a motion to adopt the amendments that i discussed previously and have distributed to all of you that are non-substantive according to the city attorney in nature and can be voted on today and sent to the full board on that motion a roll call please yes on that motion supervisor chan aye. chan i vice chair mandelman mandelman i chair peskin aye peskin i the motion passes without objection and then i would like to make a motion to send the item as amended to the full board with a positive recommendation Yes, on that motion, Supervisor Chan. Aye. Chan, aye. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, colleagues. Thank you again to Sheriff Miyamoto and his staff. 
Mr. Clerk, could you please read item, oh, you've read item number seven. So I will make a motion to excuse Supervisor Chan for the rest of this meeting. Yes, on the motion to excuse Supervisor Chan. Supervisor Chan, excused. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion to excuse Supervisor Chan is approved as without objection. And then I will make a motion to send item number seven with recommendation to the full board as a committee report for hearing tomorrow, January 31st. On that motion, a roll call, please. Yes, I'd just like to confirm that we have no callers on the line for item number oh. seven. Uh, we took public comment on it already. Yes, we did, but I just wanted to double check just to be sure. Uh, item number seven. Supervisor Chan excused. Vice Chair Mandelman. Mandelman, aye. Chair Peskin. Aye. Peskin, aye. The motion passes without objection. Thank you, colleagues. It's been a pleasure serving with you the last couple of years, and we are adjourned, and the next Rules Committee will be chaired by Supervisor Matt Dorsey.